Now, talking about what we spoke last week in the subject of exosia, authority, it's a huge topic and we need to uh, unpack a lot of things in it. I'll be unpacking a bit more on that um, during the fasting prayer. So I said two things about exosia, two important aspects. Can you, do you guys remember? When we say exosia, we need to keep two things in mind. Yeah, the source of authority and the jurisdiction, right? So exosia, authority, whenever we talk about these things, we need to understand the source of authority. What is who is backing up that defines the intensity of the authority and the jurisdiction defines the scope of authority okay um, when we say a constable called you is different from assistant commissioner called you yeah, it's different from Prime Minister calling you. So the intensity of the authority differs based on the source of authority and the scope of authority is defined by the jurisdiction. So when we come to these things, we are saying we are backed by the throne of Christ. Right? That's the source of authority. He who is lifted up high above everything is the one who is seated far above all things, far above all, put that verse in Ephesians, verse uh, 19, Ephesians 1, verse 19. Yeah, 20. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Mm. Far above all principality and exosia. Right? So Christ has been raised to the right hand of the Father, meaning he is above all exosia. Whatever is exosia is out there, Christ is in a place of exosia, place of authority, where he is far above all exosia. And as we read in Matthew 28, uh, put, put the verse in Matthew 28, all exosia in heaven and on earth has been given to me, right? Um, all authority, all exosia has been given to me, say given to me. So these words, even Ephesians, 
this one and what we read in Philippians, the name of Jesus being exalted and God gave him a name above every other name. So it's all talking about giving, giving, giving. Jesus is given a place, given a name, given a throne, raised, exalted. So all these things are not talking about Jesus as God. Because if Jesus as God, then nobody gives authority to God. Nobody exalts God. Nobody gives him a name that is above all name. So none of these things are talking about Jesus as God. In fact, in Philippians, uh, the text that we saw last week, it says, even though he was equal, Philippians 2, even though he was equal with God, he did not consider it who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God but made himself of no reputation meaning in other translation emptied himself of his godliness taking the form of a bond servant coming in the likeness of men so God eternal God he emptied himself of his godliness, became a man. As a man, he receives exosia from God. Okay? So, for the, uh, the exosia that Jesus operated on earth is not the exosia as God. The authority that Jesus operated on earth be it whatever we saw yesterday, right, uh, last week. Authority over nature, authority over demons, authority over sickness, authority to lay down life, pick up life, all those exosia, Jesus was not operating as God. Jesus was operating as a man under exosia. So the centurion said, I am also a man under exosia. So Jesus, on earth, when he was operating, he was operating as a man under exosia. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Why this is so important is, as I said, when it comes to exosia, we are talking about the source of authority and it is important to recognize whom we are under. So this aspect of Acknowledging headship is a very vital part of we learning to operate in exosia. So I'm going to um, talk about the, the human side aspect of exosia. Okay? Mm, it's a very tricky subject to deal with because of the amount of abuse, just like the subject of giving. Why I didn't touch upon giving for the first seven years is because it's a much abused topic. So already, in any topic for that matter, when you say something, people hear something else because of the lens that they are having. And especially when it comes to abused topics, it, it is so vulnerable to say things because you don't even know how it lands 
there because of the amount of abuse that people have gone through in that area. So at the risk of being misunderstood, at the risk of uh, you know, being taken in a diff different light, but because we are in the subject and the importance of the subject as well, I'm going, going ahead and teaching it. So I want you to listen carefully um, and see the nuances of it and um, be open to the Spirit of God to show the light upon these things. Mark, come with me to Mark 11. So verse 27 says, Jesus coming again to Jerusalem, he was walking in the temple. Chief priests, scribes, and elders came to him and they said to him, by what exosia are you doing these things? Hmm? Actually, he went and cleansed the temple before that. He went and pushed the money changers table. He did that. He took the whip and gave everyone, not people, but, you know, drove the cattle out and everything. And so, and then he curses the fig tree and then he comes and scribes are asking him, hey, you're coming into the temple, putting things, pulling things down, by whose exosia are you doing these things? Who gave you then Look, look at the two questions. By what exosia are you doing these things? And who gave you this exosia to do these things? So exosia has a backup. The source is the main thing. So they're asking, who sent you, man? Who gave you this authority? For which Jesus says, right? Next verse. Jesus answered and said to them, I will also ask you one question, then answer me. And I will tell you by what exosia I do these things. Mm. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it from men? Answer me. Then, go ahead. And they reasoned among themselves saying, if we say from heaven, he will say, why did you not believe him? If we say from men, they feared the people for all counted John to have been a prophet indeed. Then they come and said, we do not know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Actually, um, Jesus gave out the answer, right? In the question, he answered them. Um, so exosia can be from men or exosia can be from God, from heaven. So by what authority are you doing these things? So he said, if you understand John, by what authority he was speaking, then you understand by what authority I operate. This is a very crucial thing. Um, here is a tricky thing, right? Was John under exosia? Was, a, was, was John the Baptist, was he a man under exosia? Hmm? If he was a man under exosia, where he should be? He should be in the temple. His dad is a high priest. Okay? Um, his relatives would have told him, 
mm -mm, you should also go and do this work and this guy goes out okay probably the only person understood him was his mom and dad because they have a prophetic word that he would be a voice crying out in the wilderness I don't know whether they understood or not but I'm just guessing they might have understood he was seen as a person rebelling against exosia in the natural but he was having exosia from heaven are you guys getting what I'm saying so Jesus goes to the heretic of the day and gets baptized He doesn't go to Anna and Caiaphas and kneel down and say, release me into ministry. But he goes to John the Baptist and recognizes his exosia is from heaven. Only he can release me. Are you guys following what I'm saying? So when it comes to exosia, for us to operate from the authority of God, we should have eyes to recognize people who carry that on earth. It can never be like me and God, I will work this thing out. This is where it gets tricky because this is much abused by people so when it is much abused by people we tend to swing pendulums to the other side and say ah man whom are you submitted to I'm submitted to God <laughs> whom are you answerable to oh I'm answerable to God Jesus for the person he is, he had to go and recognize John the Baptist. And he's kneeling down and John the Baptist is shaking and he says, man, don't do this thing. I need to do it. He says, no, 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 no. You, righteousness has to be fulfilled. There are things that has to be done. We cannot bypass these things. So, Keep these things in mind, okay? I'm going to show you bits and pieces and then see how, show you how these things come together. Mm, this is, then come with me to John, verse 19, chapter 19, verse 10. John, chapter 19, verse 10. Then Pilate said to him, Are you not speaking to me? Do you not know that I have exosia to crucify you and exosia to release you? Okay. Jesus is bound. He's standing in front of Pilate. Okay. Good Friday is coming. I'm giving you the Good Friday. <laughs> yeah. He's standing and they're asking all kinds of questions. Jesus. 
just keeps quiet. He doesn't say anything. And then Pilate takes him and says, uh, Hey, are you not speaking anything to me? Do you not know I have exosia to crucify you? Do you not know I have exosia to release you? Look at the answer. Jesus answered, You could have no exosia at all against me unless it had been given you from above. Therefore, the one who delivered to me, me to you has a greater sin. He's like, hey, I understand exosia. In fact, Jesus is declaring Pilate's position that exosia is the one that he has received from above. Are you getting what I'm saying? You have no any exosia over me unless it has been given from above. So you do your job. Romans 13 verse 1. Romans was written to the church at Romans was written to the church at Rome. Right? So who was under? Caesar. Okay? Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities for there is no exosia except from God and the authorities that exosia that exist are appointed by God. It's a huge statement to make under a tyrannical rule. Rome, Caesar, was a tyrant. Right? To come under him and say, let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no exosia except from God. Come on, say this, for there is no exosia except from God. Um, KJV says, all authority is of God. All exosia is of God. For there is no power but of God. For all exosia is of God. When we, when we are talking about these exosia, we are talking about Human structures, right? We are talking about human authorities who are in the place of authority, but they are having a spiritual element behind. That's what is making them have, have access. And that so-called human structure has an element of backing from the exosia, which is above all exosia. So when it comes to these things, to what you say yes to, to what you say no to, when it comes to an authority, is so essential. When the disciples were the same people 
who are writing, be it Peter or Paul, saying, be submitted to authority, be submitted to authority, they were not submitted to authority when it comes to the gospel. When they were bound and taken and said, you shall not preach in the name of Jesus again, what did they reply? Men, it is better to obey God than to obey men. So in that, they did not obey exosia, but that doesn't mean they disrespected exosia. So this whole thing of learning to recognize authority, but we still be sensitive to the spirit and to see whether this is in line or not in line with God is very, it's easy to say, blindly obey all authority without questioning, no matter what the hell they say, they just do it. That's also easy. Then to swing the pendulum the other way and say, no, you are not under any exosia, you just obey God, don't obey any man, that's also very easy. But to say, obey man, consider human authority, recognize human exosia, but you are responsible to hear the voice of God, to discern whether that human authority is walking in line with God or asking you to do something against God is, is a place where it demands that you have a personal relationship with God and at the same time recognize authority on a human level. So when we say um, Jesus called them and gave them exosia and said, hey, you guys go and lay hands on the sick. So laying hands is a matter of exosia. Only when you are laid hands upon, then you are having this exosia where you lay hands. See, before also they were touching people. After also they were touching people. But it was a different touch because now it's with exosia. Paul had an encounter with God. But he had to be laid hands upon by Ananias. If today some guy has an encounter, face-to-face -face encounter with God, he would not recognize human authority as, at all. Any guy has any encounter and God speaks to him face to face, that's it. He would not recognize human authority at all after that. Come with me to Acts chapter 13. Verse 1 onwards. Uh, in which chapter is... Paul, Saul getting encountered? Ninth chapter, right? So, 10 is Peter and Cornelius. It's 11, 12, uh, and now 13. Now, in the church that was at Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called nigger, Lucius, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. 
Saul was the last mentioned. He was not even the first mentioned. He was one among the teachers. He was at Antioch. Then what happens? Then, um, now separate, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Yeah. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away. So from this verse onwards, the whole book of Acts turns to, to become the book about the story of Paul. Before that, he was the last mentioned of one among the teachers and prophets. And then he is being laid hands upon and being sent. And then it shifts. So Barnabas and Saul left. And then a miracle happens through Paul. And then it becomes Paul and Barnabas. Are you guys getting what I'm saying? This guy had an encounter with God. But to recognize human authority and stay in Antioch till they lay hands. In comparison to the amount of revelation Paul carried and to those guys, Can't compare. Can't compare at all. But what does it take for a man? In fact, I would say Paul received what he received because of these aspects. Of these aspects. David was a man who really recognizes exosia. And if only we receive an anointing by Prophet Samuel explicitly saying, God has rejected Saul, you are on the next line. That's it. No stopping. But till the day Saul died, David kept recognizing exosia upon Saul. In fact, the one, one guy who came and killed Saul comes to David, runs to him and says, one guy stops, this guy runs and says, ah, finally the Lord has granted victory over your enemies. Saul is dead. So how do you say? No, I was the one who now I was walking past him, he was already on the sword and he hasn't died, so he asked me to put him off. So what did he do? I put him off. Then David goes like, you put him off? He says, put him off. <laughs> and they go and slash his throat. He says, how dare you extend your hand against God's anointed? This was years later, Saul was rejected and bitter, full of demons. 
this exosia thing is a super matter and highly abused stuff because it has got great power it has got great power if you understand it right just like giving right once you have light about it and you tap into it then it opens a new world of its own of walking into abundance but when you don't have that light anybody teaching on giving or sowing and reaping looks like they are trying to rip you of your money same thing with this thing when you have light about this thing man it changes your life you would step into stuff just by submitting to people you can easily step into stuff by submitting and recognizing the exosia that they carry on that realm or you can sit there easily offended and say this guy is trying to control come with me to matthew yeah 20 chapter 26 Verse 59, now the chief priest, elders, and all the council sought false testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Even though many false witnesses came forward, they found none. But at last, two false witnesses came forward and said, this fellow said, I'm able to destroy the temple of God and build it in three days. These are these cutting voting guys. this guy said bible is not the word of god <laughs> uh did did jesus say this statement yeah. he did say this right destroy this temple and i will build it up in 3 days so mm, and the high priest arose and said to him do you answer nothing what is it these men testify against you but jesus kept silent and the high priest answered and said to him i put you under oath by the living god tell us if you are christ the son of god jesus said to him it is as you said so see how jesus he is just keeping quiet and then this guy says i put you under the oath i want you to open your mouth and speak now so now he is invoking exosia right then jesus immediately opens his mouth and said yes it is as you say and there is this another incident where paul was standing and uh, he said something and then the guy would strike him said how can you speak against the chief priest like this right then paul said to him god God will strike you you whitewashed wall for you sit to judge me according to the law and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law see um verse 2 high priest ananias let's do from verse 1 so that you get the context right then paul looking earnestly at the council said men and brethren i have lived in all good conscience before god until this day and the high priest ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth <laughs> okay so they take paul uh, to the council and he is standing and he says men and brethren i have lived before good in good conscience before god until this time and the guy says give him one on his mouth and the guy pop gives paul one on his mouth and then he goes 
God will strike you, you whitewashed wall, for you sit to judge according to the law, and do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? And those who stood by said, do you revile God's high priest? Then Paul said, oh, I did not know, brethren, that he was a high priest, for it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. What do you say about these things? If you had been being struck by, for saying, men and brethren, I have lived in good conscience, I'm piped on guy gives you on the mouth, you wouldn't care about any exosia after that. <laughs> you guys will flow in a different thing. And this guy says, hey, oh, I didn't know he was a high priest uh, because the law says you should not speak evil against God's ruler. These are abusive authorities. It's very easy to shift things this way or shift things that way and saying, man, you cannot challenge authority at all. You see Paul challenging authorities. You see Jesus challenging authorities. You see Peter challenging authority. All these apostles and Jesus who keep saying submit to authority did challenge authority at different point. So that's what it makes us very, you have to be spiritually sensitive to do these things. So you cannot take it as a rule and say, no matter what the heck the other person says, you just submit and submit and submit. That's not what it is. To say that also it's easy. Then to come to this extreme and say there is no exosia, nothing, you're just answerable to God, you don't recognize any human exosia, it's also easy to say. But to say that, to recognize human exosia and to recognize authority, but still being sensitive to the spirit of God and to say where to say yes and where to say no is very, very tricky and it's the important lesson that we need to learn. The same Paul who has laid hands in the end, he talks about the encounter and he says, I did not go up to Jerusalem for counsel. All kingdom truths are paradoxical. I'll, I'll show you something. Come with me to John 10.30. What is John 10.30? Hmm? Hmm. Yeah, you guys should know that verse by now. Hmm? I and my father are one. Right? This is John 10.30. John 14. Twenty eight. The last phrase. What is it? 
for my father is greater than i what is 1030 i and my father are one what is 28 father is greater than i so which one is true is jesus equal with god according to philippians and john or is this thing true this is the favorite verse for jehovah witness to prove that jesus is not god see jesus himself said father is greater than i how can you make him equal with god i'll show you one more verse first corinthians chapter 11 verse hmm 3 but i want you to know that the head of every man is christ head of woman is man head of christ is god this has been the words that has been used to abuse women for centuries just because this verse is used to abuse women for centuries doesn't remove the truth in this verse in what way god is the head of christ is christ not equal with god is jesus not co-equal person of the trinity what does it mean father is greater than i and god is the head of christ so some mission so christ has submitted precisely because he is equal with god only when you are equal you can submit say this after me only when you are equal you can submit what is the difference between us and prime minister are we not equal with him hmm can you also become a prime minister yeah right so we are equal but there is this place of exosia which we recognize and we voluntarily submit for the f- better functioning of the system that doesn't make us second class citizens the moment the guy who goes and sits there thinks that we are all second class citizens and only he has something that's what happens in a tyrannical rule are you guys getting what i'm saying so the guy who receives exosia should also know that he is there to serve so god is the head of christ meaning god keeps empowering christ to do whatever christ has to do that's what headship is and christ keeps empowering man to do what he has to do and man keeps empowering the woman so the it's it's not you should not visualize this like god 
Christ, husband, wife. This is not how you're supposed to think. You're supposed to think God, Christ, man, and woman, right? So woman is the crown of creation. They need all the serving, right, to fully be released into the potential and it's our privilege and responsibility. So if you don't see it this way, it becomes very abusive. Wives, submit to your husbands. Is that word used to abuse people? Oh, yes. So what did West America do? Removed the truth out of that verse, made that verse irrelevant and said, ah, wife, submit your husband. No, 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 there's nothing called headship. There is nothing called husband is the head of the family. There is nothing called all those things. Oh, we are all heads. We are all equal. Deconstructed the whole exosia within the family. And what has happened? The culture is self-deconstructing right now. So, to take all these words and not to throw it out of the window, but to redeem it and to demonstrate it how it looks like in kingdom, the body of Christ is supposed to be doing that for the world to understand what true submission is, what true headship is. Are you guys following what I'm saying? Unfortunately, the church, so-called church, is as abusive as the world's authority systems are. I know this message won't be as exciting as last week. Let's do First Thessalonians 5. Twelve and thirteen. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. What do you mean by over you? There is nothing called over you in the new covenant. We are all under God. Only God is over us. I urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord. So to operate in exosia, The source of authority is so important and to understand who is over you is very important. Next verse. And to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Recognize those who are over you and esteem them very highly because 
That's the only way you can fully benefit from what they carry. So in very authoritarian structures, pyramidal structures, these things are very, up, very much abused. So when we try to bring people out of those structures and talk about circular leadership, we don't want to be pyramidal, we want to be circular, but within the circular leadership, how does this thing happen? The moment it says over, we think pyramid, but it is not. The moment it, you read over you, don't think pyramid. It is still circular, but because of love, you recognize, because of maturity, because of calling, because of these things, you're like, man, I recognize what God has called you and the place that you have over me because of your love for me. I will talk about uh, that aspect in a minute after we go through a few verses. Um, 1 Timothy 5.17 Those who labor among you, we read, right? Labor in what? Let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. Honor all men, but consider the elders of double honor especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. So why when it is being taught, it is not fully bearing fruit? Because we don't understand how this honor works. When we don't understand how this honor works, we don't fully benefit. First Corinthians 16, 16. Put 15 and 16, yeah. I urge you, brethren, you know the household of Stephanas, that it is the first fruit of Achaia, that they have devoted themselves to the ministry of the saints that you also submit to such and to everyone who works and labors with us. He's saying, you see that Stephanus guy? He loves you guys. So you have to recognize such people and submit to them. Recognize and submit. Come with me to Hebrews 13. Seven. Remember those who? Come on. Remember those who? Rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follow, considering the outcome of their conduct. Verse 17. Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with 
joy and not with grief for that would be unprofitable for you this is this verse is so important people who lead you they have to lead you with joy if they are not leading you with joy and if there is continuous grief and sorrow caused then that is unprofitable for you it's unprofitable for you i'm going to tell something yeah um, you need to have the grace to understand what i'm about to say are israelites a people of covenant right when was the covenant made abraham right was god faithful to that covenant yeah why god brought israelites out of egypt because of that covenant so god calls moses and tells he did not say go tell my people to leave egypt he says go tell pharaoh let my people go have you ever thought about that if i'm god i would have told go tell my people get out of egypt i will deal with that water that guy will come to stop you i will do the 10th plague as the first plague and deal with that guy and you guys keep going out because you are my people i'm calling you to come and worship me instead god says go tell pharaoh let my people go let my people go let my people go how much importance is to recognize human exosia because no exosia is without god backing up all exosia is of god how pharaoh recognizes what how he responds that's all pharaoh's problem but we need we need to recognize pharaoh's authority that's why when some people come from even though it looks like egyptian churches i keep telling them <clears throat> especially people who are involved in ministry oh oh you were in the worship team you were serving there in the church mm. okay so did you go and speak to the pastor your pastor knows that you're coming here no he doesn't know ah uh, then i i want you to go and speak and then come so after one week two week i asked them okay did you go and speak to the, your pastor they said no no that's it i've got nothing to do with that person for me that person and this chair is no different for years they will keep coming i won't have anything to do with them you can come as long as you want to come 
you don't go and sit and tell god is telling go tell him and tell him the reason let my people go my people has to go and worship in the place that god has appointed to be worshiped at so so even during conference times when we call speakers and they are being persecuted and told not to come they would tell me <clears throat> if you are not going live if we don't put things on facebook i'll come i say no you are submitted to certain authorities what did they tell you not to go do you have the conviction to come go sit and talk this is the reason i'm going and this is my conviction you don't have that conviction you don't want to go and sit and talk they have told you not to come not to go then don't come simple don't come because this is super important hmm jude and angels who did not keep their proper domain but left their own abode angels who did not consider their jurisdiction it was called rebellion adam and eve's act in the garden is so serious because it's rebellion it's not mere disobedience again um they revile authorities where does that come talking about angels arguing over moses body um where does that come can you tell hmm 9 verse 9 yeah put jude verse 9 Yet Michael the archangel in contending with the devil when he disputed about the body of Moses dare not bring against him a reviling accusation but said the lord rebuke you devil Michael the archangel is dealing with devil okay let us for the moment consider it as a rebelled angel again dare not bring against him a reviling accusation but said the lord rebuke you put next verse but these speak evil of whatever they do not know and whatever they know naturally like brute beast in these things they corrupt themselves so he is talking about false teachers who are constantly talking against the men of god and apostles he's saying these fellows don't even know what they are speaking even angels recognize authority so much these guys just speak whatever they want to speak that's why for me when i see these fellows in youtube saying all these things whatever they want you know roasting and this and that and, and they think they are doing a great job I'm like my goodness god have mercy on you man you don't know what you're messing up with so 
these things are not taught, right? Since these, uh, I was praying a lot, man, should I teach on this or should I not, should I? Then um, the same thing about giving. The Lord said, finally why I started teaching on giving was, are you teaching on giving so that you can fill your pocket and meet your need? No. Oh, so why are you going to teach on giving? I want people to be blessed. Okay, so that's right. So, so why are you teaching this thing? Are you teaching this thing so that you can sit in the top of the pyramid and do all these things? No. Okay, so that they learn to receive and live and function fully in their exousia for them to know these things. Yeah, okay. Go ahead and teach. So, it, are you guys recognizing what I'm saying? See, um, I told you something. I said, what is the other word for authority? Exosia, but what, 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 does, what does authority really mean in, in practice? Influence. Right? What is authority? Influence. See, talking about this thing, about going and telling Pharaoh, let my people go, that is the precisely same reason when I go to a church, I won't give prophetic words to anyone like, God is asking you to go somewhere. For example, if I'm a prophetic person coming to this church and someone else is the pastor and Saravana is serving under him and if as a prophet I recognize Saravana has to be released or God is asking him to do whatever a different assignment, I would tell the pastor and say, that guy, I feel this is what God is doing him in this season. I want you to pray and release him, is what I would tell him. I would not go to him and say, leave. Unless otherwise, see there are some prophets whom I trust, right? Whom I invite and say, hey, I want you to speak. And I'm sitting there and saying what he is speaking because I trust this guy's heart. I'm empowering the prophet to do that is different from they are coming and doing these things. They are like people who do not understand what they are speaking because they don't recognize. So when it comes to prophetic when it comes to directional words, uh, we need to understand how all these things work in the context of how do you maintain a prophetic free culture where people are free to take risk, but at the same time it doesn't become abusive. So you bring these guidelines. And these very guidelines can become abusive. 
right? There are some churches who say, you're not burping without the pastor's permission. <laughs> right? Whatever you want to do, see for example, Kristalaka is here. Right? Kristalaka, she goes to ministry. Ministers at different churches. So when, whenever she goes, Saturday, she would text me saying, Jesu, tomorrow I'm ministering in this place. I want you to pray. She's not asking me permission, right? But she does recognize authority. Yeah? And when she wants to go and attend some conferences, she would say, uh, um, I feel like attending this one. Do you think this would benefit me? Because you guys don't know in the name called prophetic what kind of abuses are happening. So when we say, hey, this thing won't benefit you, man. That kind of conversation can happen only when you, when you recognize authority. But when, when, when we say recognize authority, what it really means is when you believe that I love you and care for you. That's what it means. That's what it simply means. So we have to redeem these words from tyrannical, abusive, organizational, pyramidal structures and use the same word and demonstrate how it looks like when we operate in love. Just like how used, Jesus used the same word of kingdom, power and glory and, but redeemed those words from Caesar and said this is what kingdom looks like, this is what power looks like, this is what glory looks like. He did not come up with new different set of words. So we need to use the word authority. We need to use the word submission. We need to use the word exosia. We need to use the word over you. We need to use the word under exosia. We need to use those, all those words, but show how it is radically different when it is done out of love from mere designated, tyrannical, abusive authority. Are you guys, any questions? Peter, Peter, Peter is in the jail. God sends an angel, opens all doors, doesn't hear, asks anyone permission. I said, get the guy out. He is exosia above all exosia, right? He has the power to overrule any exosia. Yes, yes. So when he's doing that doesn't mean God is submitted to Pharaoh. Yeah. He's teaching a lesson there, how things work. But that doesn't mean God is submitted only if Pharaoh says, I will bring him out by strong power. So that's, that's what I'm saying, right? When it comes to all these things, both governmental and spiritual authority, if that is the case, 
Jesus should have gone to if it is pure law based letter based authority systems Jesus should have gone to Annas and Caiaphas and said please release me unless you release I cannot do anything he goes to John the Baptist who is outside the system so that's that's the reason why I'm saying this has to be spirit led right um this is very tricky do i i received the same prophetic word right get out of the organization that you're in and do not go up to jerusalem for counsel and my parents said go speak go speak and i was under my parents and i obeyed i went and spoke it didn't go well and uh, then just to honor i took one more month and i prayed then when i was fully convinced i went sat i told this is why i'm doing what i'm doing and i did so i just because i did opposite of what was told to do that doesn't mean i did not recognize authority that's what i'm saying recognizing authority doesn't mean you do everything that they say blindly without listening to god but you don't come to this extent and say god has told me i don't care i don't need to tell anyone i don't know why the hell should i talk to anyone so when it comes to uh, let's talk in the context of church settings and spiritual authority uh, i'm not talking in terms of organizational because every organization has its way of functioning so let's talk in our setting right L- uh let me t- talk about how i deal with gary or roshan i would run through most of my you know i can say all but i would without my knowledge i might have missed so i'm using most most of my major decisions i run through with them and i want to listen to them what they have to tell but they are really such good fathers who doesn't demand blind obedience right they give perspectives they give things and then they push the decision back to me and say what are you going to do about this it has never been do this so that's what circular leadership looks like we are there to empower you to make better decisions we don't decide for you are you getting what i'm saying it is very easy right even in your case you were asking can i go can i take up or not take up i'm not going to say yes or no to that because i'm not going to decide for you but i'm here to give you perspectives give you information that i know that you don't know you know help you make a better informed decision but the decision is always yours <laughs> 